Guys, I'm looking at the Wikipedia for Goosebumps, and I'm so mm. sad. And maybe this is just wishful thinking, but the next book we're supposed to read after the book that we read for this episode is Horrors of the Black Ring. And it sounds so mm. sick, and I wish we were reading that this week. Oh, God, I wish we were reading it. Horrors <laughs> of the Black Ring. That's almost kind of... Um... I don't know. It doesn't it doesn't tell you immediately what the story's about for right? the first time? You know? Yeah, right. For once, there's a mystery box. <laughs> Paul loves mystery boxes. <laughs> a universally good storytelling technique. <laughs> if the audience is frustrated that they don't know what's going on, that's some good story. Then you're doing a good job. <laughs> I think this. I think the mystery. I, listen, I would want to say mystery okay, box. It. it could work. It could be great. But like J.J. Abrams did a TED talk one time, and he said mystery box, and then a bunch of writers were like. Well, that's my thing now. Mystery uh-huh. box. Uh-huh. Do people do people even I know like people always say thank you for coming to my TED Talk is a way of ending a long string of tweets, but yeah. do people TED TED Talk anymore? Is that still an institution cuz I haven't like watched one since I, you know, like 2013. I think there's like billions of them now. Mm. Well, yeah, they they like they franchised it out or something where there was like TEDx and then there was like TEDK and Ted Q and just all these different letters. That's I've been training for a Ted K on. for a while, actually. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't. I don't. I'll, I'll take. A, I'll take a big stance. I don't think most of the TED talks are very good. <laughs> I think they're entertaining, which is the real purpose is to be kind of entertaining, right? I think, and to maybe maybe to learn his stuff. Everybody started doing a TED talk, and then every every city started having its own TED talk thing, right? Like Philadelphia had something. I can't remember what it was called, but. People will get up and talk on a stage about stuff. And it's cool if you want to do that. But uh, I don't know. We've probably got enough people talking on stages at this point. We've we got enough. Yeah. To, but it's like it's like we have too much to watch. So give us some time to catch up. Right. I, I like the idea of a gathering of ideas and like, uh, uh, you know, a composium. That's probably not even a term of like, let's all get together and just hear interesting perspectives. And we'll leave this weekend smarter and richer and and our brains wrinkled with new ideas. And maybe that started that way. But then it's like, welcome to Ted Cleveland. And right now we had a two-hour time from a guy who wrote in, and he's got a whole piece about why the Transformers are good at <laughs> It's Chad. It's me here to talk about Transformers. I just loved, I loved your <laughs> phrasing of your brain wrinkled with good ideas. That was some poetry you just spit out there. <laughs> oh, thank you. I should probably do a TED Talk. You on should the TED Talk that. <laughs> <laughs> there was like some one point where it was like the lady who wrote like Epray Love did a TED talk was just like where do I get my ideas from I'm like that's not a talk that's not like a interesting thing to talk to to share uh-huh. well you're you're just operating under the misconception that TED talks need to be helpful huh <laughs> interesting so they should what be more entertaining the, than anything no they should just kind of fill twenty minutes or something I don't know. I like, you know, a science TED talk. Like, I like, I like when people talk science to me. I always think it's kind of cool. But I, th- I don't think you should take like advice from people who are successful. Why is that, Kevin? I, <laughs> I say, as a successful person, I, I, I would. God damn, Kevin, you shut down my entire brain with that. I was going to say. That I live a life more from the people who are taking the time to do a master class or a lecture or a presentation on why they're smart. Mm. More often than not are the people I don't want to hear from. I say this before I do my (laughs) TED Talk next year. I want to talk to the guy who's like, I'm too busy right now. Like, I got to deal with this, this, and this. I can't. 
I can't prepare a presentation. I, I got to save the world right now. And he's like, gets back he's on like, the computer. He's like, the freaking you know? Reaper is on, is nipping at my heels. I got to go. I got to make. <laughs> I can't fly to fucking Arizona and talk to a bunch of olds for a weekend. I don't got time. Here's my TED Talk. Get off the damn internet and make <laughs> something. Go. Go. <laughs> here's, the, here's my other thing. It's 2015 that was that was it that was the deadline that was the last year you could tell me anything (laughs) (laughs) kevin stopped learning in 2015 i stopped i just i'll I'll figure it out from from 2015 on i was just like i'll do it i'll just i'll just think about it and i'll figure it out i got it you've been processing since 2015 you know what i know enough At this point, I'll, again, I'll listen to you. I'll listen to folks talking about science and things. But if somebody's talking about like creativity or productivity, I'm fine. I've got enough of it. <laughs> That's it. Pledge your blades to Kevin. I feel like when we had with that level of, of well, that kind of leadership yeah. and confidence, yeah, I'm don't pledging. pledge your sympathy blades to me. No, Just... all of my blades that I have to my name are being pledged to you now. Come on, all of them, all of them, even the. The clown one that I got. That's a fool's errand. That's a mistake. You're gonna you're gonna regret that when That's gonna destroy the balance of power in our in our struggling nations. But Yeah, when Kevin becomes a lit, you're gonna be really sad. Oh you boy, you're ball. right. Oh shit. Cause I did I did it in perpetuity, which means even in death. <laughs> crap. <laughs> Welcome to Goosebuds. Hey, welcome to Goosebuds. That was a surprisingly concise and on topic uh lead up to us introducing our names. I'm Kevin. I am Paul. <laughs> and I am Chad. Welcome to a podcast where we read the works of R.L. Stein and other YA books and give them the hard-hitting critique they deserve. This episode, we are covering the Goosebumps 2000 book, The Werewolf in the Living Room. He's in the living room and he shouldn't be. There's plastic on the couches. Get out of there. I'm glad there's plastic on that couch because he is slathering and his skin <laughs> is torn and shredded and and. Pussy. Yeah, he's got mange or something on that cover. Gross. That's a pretty techie remote they have there, though. What's that all about? Oh, I was distracted by his uh, wiki feet, just like up there on the up in the front. Those glistening wet werewolf feet with three toes. The glistening wet werewolf feet, where they put the title of the book, forcing you to look at the feet heavily. You have you have to stare at those feet. It's terrifying. Not quite there. enough living room in this one for me. Not quite enough living room. <laughs> no, it's just a it's just a couch. Uh which yeah. if you've watched The Wire, you know a couch can be anywhere, including outside. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't watched The Wire, but I wouldn't have listened because I no longer take <laughs> any advice. <laughs> I haven't seen The Wire, but I have seen that scene of Omar coming, and I feel like half of the shots of people saying Omar coming were just people on couches. On the couch. Like, like, mm-hmm. Yeah, on the couch. <laughs> Sometimes just on a random street, there's just a couch there. Like, oh, like Snick. Remember when Snick had the teleporting couch? Oh, yeah. What was that all about? Yeah, that was like their TARDIS. The couch could just go wherever it wanted to. If fun followed on the couch. <laughs> so this werewolf... It's in the living room. Uh, this is a pretty wild story. Can I just can I just share a little bit of an anecdote I had uh, reading this book? Oh, please, of course. anything that... that keeps us away from talking about it. <laughs> well, it's about it. Uh, I was reading a digital copy of this book, and yeah. I don't know what happened. Maybe I just like absentmindedly clicked on some stuff or whatever. But I accidentally started this book on chapter six. Okay, didn't notice it and just started reading it, and I because it was a spooky font letter. Yeah. I noticed the six, you know, wasn't a chapter one. And I really enjoyed it that way. 
Like, I just I just skipped all the preamble and just jumped into the, it. Literally, I have a note here, Chad, on, on my notes <laughs> that says these first five chapters are a damn fever dream. There literally was no <laughs> substance to the first five chapters. So you pretty much got to the, you just skipped to the beginning of the story. Right. I went back and reread it later. I was like, oh. Okay. Oh, I liked it more before. Just like hearing how uh, we, we could explain the setup for it. But I think there's something too. And I want to try this theory later. Mm-hmm. Is it like, is there a version where the best way to read a Goosebumps book is like, you just jump. Jump five in. Because it was like in Media Rest, chapter six starts with like, my version was just like, I'm I'm intent and there's a werewolf and he's standing above my bed and he throws a tooth at me and my dad's like, I got to get him. Like, I'm like, yeah, I kind of follow what's going on. You guys are out in the woods and you're hunting a werewolf and... And he gave you a tooth gift. Like, I'm on board. Let's fucking go. Right. He did not need any of the preamble about how his dad was a sheriff. You know, I'm not I'm not trying to do even less work for this podcast than I already do. <laughs> <laughs> but it might be a fun experiment for a book. One of us reads the beginning, one of us reads the middle, and one of us reads the end. And we try and figure oh. it out. And Daisy came <laughs> and like... We'll recount the story together and see if we can figure out where, like, it's going. Like, you yeah. know, like, for the people that read the early part, have to, like, guess where they think the story ends. Sort of exquisite corpse in a way. Yeah, yeah. a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> my, my hope with this theory was, and I will always read, I pledge to read the entirety of every Goosebumps book we cover because... I pledge nothing the- except my blades to Kevin and his lichdom. <laughs> I got ideas. But I was hoping that, like, you guys know that rule about, um, what's that really shit? Control Delete. Remember that webcomic? Yeah. Of Lost Fame. Of Lost Fame. Yeah. God, what an insane thing to put in a webcomic. I, I say that like I didn't read Control Alt Delete like every fucking day. I, I, was like, I read it a little <laughs> bit in the early Penny Arcade days. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there wasn't a lot to do on the internet back in the day. I was more into VG Cats. VG Cats was better. Oh man, VG Cats rocked. But um but there was the there was like this joke idea on one of the message boards that like you could make control delete comics better by I think by just reading the first and fourth panel. That it was like the second and third panel was just kind of explaining the joke. Sort of like a Garfield minus Garfield sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, but it was like the jokes actually seemed to work better without that like just kind of filler. Uh, so I'm just wondering if there's like a secret to Goosebumps in that same way. Maybe it's not always cutting out the beginning, but I think you could remove something from a Goosebumps book and improve it. <laughs> I na- I sometimes will naturally do that during, which I did during this book, uh, mm-hmm. when I'm reading and then I go, okay, the next five lines will just be the character asking themselves the questions of what is about to happen that I know that the thing is going to happen in five sentences. So I will skip those five sentences of the question, a rapid fire that the character is going to do for me. And then I just do that. And that gets me through a couple pages pretty quickly and speeds up the book read. We love these books, don't we? They're great. <laughs> they, okay, look, look. This is our first book of the year. All right. It's, it, like it's a fresh canvas for us. I, I think there are some wonderful parts to this book. Hmm. Yeah. There's a magic talisman. That's cool. That's pretty neat, I guess. Doesn't really do anything. A talisman that controls dogs. Yeah, it does control. Oh, yeah, you're right. It does control dogs. It controls dogs, and then we never use that power and ever again. (laughs) This book is the king of setting something up and then never using that bit of information again. We have an old woman in a shack. That was pretty cool. We've got product placement. Um, 
What's the, pro- what's the hold on? What's the product placement in this one? There's like a McDonald's reference. Oh, the... that's right, the McWolfie or something like <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, the, oh, the McWerewolf. Oh, the McWerewolf. God, yeah, that like oh, was that the part of that where uh, we should we should lay this out a little bit? Where his dad had like made a bunch of werewolf branded uh, merchandise. Yes, we are going to get to that. And I, look, I'll say this about this book: this book could have been very fun and funny if it didn't take itself seriously. And here's what this book made me start to question. Does R.L. Stein find his books to be scary, or does he think his books are ridiculous and funny? I don't know what he thinks his books are. I don't think he. I don't think he thinks about his books. This strikes me as an extremely stream of conscious type story. Like, yeah, this is on the road. This was written in a single night on a meth on a methamphetamine binge on a <laughs> roll of toilet paper in a in a hotel, and he just he had to bust this one out on deadline, and it, he just went first draft stream of consciousness for sure we've talked about this on the podcast before but i was trying to find a term for it like trying to invent one of that stream of consciousness first draft where it's almost like retroactive narrative there's something in the first couple chapters where it's like aaron in chapter four remembers his dad gave him something because like it wasn't mentioned in the first couple pe- chapters uh-huh. i'm trying to remember what, what it was but he's like oh that's right i had forgotten that my dad had given me this i'm like that is me to me the author going well I don't want to go back and edit that first page right right like I I don't want I don't want to reopen that doc yeah I'm, I'm good like so we'll just say oh that's right I forgot this happened it's, a, it's all first idea best idea <laughs> <laughs> don't think maybe Arl was big into improv maybe he was just like I think Arl was big into Evan Williams for this one. <laughs> Wait, wait. I was thinking of wait. I was thinking of Dear Evan Hansen. Uh, no, no, that's uh, Evan Williams is the off-brand Jack Daniels. Nice. Uh, <laughs> let's let's lay out this plot a little bit. All right. So uh, Aaron, uh, what's his last name? Aaron Freitas. 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 Aaron, Aaron Freitas. In German, in German names, E I makes an I sound. I E makes an E sound. Mm, thank you. Also, it sounds like fright. That's smart, Kevin. Oh, yeah. cool. Uh, Aaron Freitas is out uh, werewolf hunting with his dad uh, and for the first five chapters we literally just have Aaron Freitas uh, dreaming about being attacked by werewolves waking up and then uh, waking up into another dream uh, and we have fake outception going on for literally like three or four chapters then finally he uh, does awaken to being bit by a werewolf <laughs> which we could have just had happen in the first one and not have the fake outception if you're going to have the kid get bit by the werewolf you don't have to fake it out twice before you actually do it. <laughs> I think the most interesting detail of this is that Aaron's father is a local sheriff, and also he's just taking time off to go around the world hunting werewolves. Going to Bratvia, where you can do anything you want, I guess. <laughs> yeah, he, well, you know, he's got a, a badge and a gun, and he's just bringing it with him on the plane. Yes, Bratvia, where the American uh, law system has uh, has full full sway <laughs> and, and, and overpowers even local jurisdiction and personal freedom, yes. As long as he gets the werewolf back to the diplomatic, you know, neutral area, as long as he gets him to the embassy, he's fine. Yeah, he has his badge, and that's that. It says all it needs to say. There is human trafficking in this book. And yes, <laughs> we are going to talk about the many, the many misdeeds of Aaron's father in this book. It's fucking wild. Yeah, uh, RL seems to be on a bad dad kick. <laughs> Scare, what was it? Fright school, scare school, or scream oh, school? Oh, with oh, with the director dad. Yeah, that direct. Okay, like at least direct the bad director dad. Like was like okay, e- egocentric uh, director man. Right, uh, he has some idiosyncrasies. He's definitely not fully baked. You know, he's like a he's a boy. Mm. He's an egg still. Right, he's not a he's not a fully grown man. 
They, they haven't baked that egg yet. Egg. I get you. You didn't. You didn't bake that egg yet. <laughs> Got to stick that egg in the oven at four hundred. Uh huh. He's a real mix, mixed metaphor of a person. If you bake an egg, you can bake eggs. They're great. Why, why wouldn't you be able to bake an egg? You can bake anything, man. But anyways, he. You kind of understand what his weirdness is coming from. This guy just wants to see a werewolf. So his dead wife will love him again. So his dead wife, okay. So I tried to, I tried to call something. I wrote in my notes uh, at the start of chapter seven. I was like, the dead, the werewolf's his mom. Because his mom, in the beginning of the book, uh, has died oh. two years earlier. So I, yep. he, it would have been predictable. Obviously, I would have predicted it at this point. But what if Aaron's dad was searching for this werewolf because it's actually his mom and he wants to find her and try and turn her back into a human? At least... There's a good motive other than Aaron's dad wants to be rich. That's pretty much the only reason he wants to. Yeah, the the commercialism thing of like, I've caught the werewolf and I already have, you know, space ball is the lunchbox. Space ball, like he's he's already going into full marketing detail. Right. Space, what was it, werewolf sleepy time tea? That's not even a good use of the brand. (laughs) But we're not there yet. We're We're not not there yet. We're not there yet, but the (laughs) thing that hit, yeah, we'll talk about that later. Anyway, so they're, they're in the woods, they're running around, and Aaron gets bit by a werewolf. Dad sees that he's bit by the werewolf and says, don't worry, son. Sleep it off. We're getting up in the morning. We're going werewolf hunting. Yeah, he was bit, but like his dad like didn't ask what he was bit by. No, <laughs> no. His dad is so white whaled right now that he cannot stop thinking about the werewolf and start thinking about his son. And that's kind of the that's kind of what his dad does for the whole book. Yeah. Uh, the werewolf reappears in uh, Aaron's tent and just kind of sits creepily on the edge, which I thought was actually a pretty good kind of spooky scene, just mm-hmm. like the werewolf being just out of sight. But then he hands Aaron a, a, a tooth pendant with like a with like a werewolf tooth on yeah, it. Yeah, he cutely tosses it, and in my mind, I'm like imagining like the the uh, lamb chop style uh, puppet hand throwing a, <laughs> a tooth onto Aaron's lap. Yeah, I, I pictured it as like he shot put it at Aaron and just ran away. Yeah, after biting him in the shoulder. For some reason, he bit him in the shoulder and then gave him a talisman that controls him, I guess. I, I was just like, oh, this is like a blue drop, I guess. That's cool. <laughs> you, got a, you got a rare drop. <laughs> so yeah, he so he, he, he does this. He gets bit. Yep. He gets the talisman. Aaron's dad comes in, sees that his son has been bit and goes, there's a werewolf here. I got to go find him and runs outside. Literally two minutes later, not even two minutes of, of actual time, Aaron goes, Ah, oh, shit, I really was bit. Oh, fuck, a talisman. Walks outside, dad is standing there, and he's like, he got away, son. Th- dad, two minutes passed. You did not even try to chase that werewolf. You walked out of the door and looked around and said, well, got away. Well, he's not still here. I'm tired. And that's that. They set out on the hunt. And they immediately get separated. Instantly. Because it it constantly happens. I was also frustrated that he mentions the tooth pendant to his dad and then they didn't really make a thing about it. Like, that should be like, oh, that's a vital clue. Or like, this is an artifact of of werewolf as proof. Right. Yeah, like, that could be enough. Like, it could be like, job's done. We have a piece of a werewolf. (laughs) Yeah, right. You at least get like a talk show like appearance with that. Yeah, yeah. And, and look, I'll say as I was reading the beginning of this one, I was annoyed. I was frustrated with the bad dad, but I I can think of specific fathers of my friends who I remember growing up with whose dads were a lot like this, extremely self centered and extremely focused on exactly what they wanted to do to the point where they would leave, walk away from their sons in a woods and leave them alone <laughs> behind. I think I know people like that, so I was kind of. 
I was still buying in at this point to hit his dad. Oh, yeah, I'm this sure way. this guy exists. Yeah, he um, exists. Maybe, maybe not a werewolf enthusiast. But maybe. <laughs> a big, probably more likely a Bigfoot hunter. Yeah, that, yeah, that makes way more sense. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Aaron finds a shack. <laughs> he finds a shack after he gets lost uh, and peers inside and then is summoned in, in by the woman who lives there, who is described very witchily, down to yeah. a pointy nose and purple and orange clothing. She's cool, though. She's like, you want some tea? And he's like, <laughs> yeah, I want some tea. And so they drink some tea, and uh, she tells him about the stranger. Mm. The man who came to town who, like, <laughs> just fucking killed a lot of shit. Do you guys know about Terrare? No. What? What's Terrare? Is that a card game? No. What? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> <laughs> that is a good, that's a good fucking guess, Chad. Thank you. Terrare was a uh, French soldier and sideshow act okay. who had uh, this weird medical condition where he was constantly hungry. Mm, cool. Uh, like, and he would just eat, you know, whatever, like garbage, like- Like real garbage? Yeah. Well, like he, he was just always hungry. <laughs> well, like, he made like, like fast food. <laughs> no, he would, he would like, he, they had to keep him away from the morgue because he'd eat corpses. Wow. Like he was just- cool always desperately hungry and like they tried to use him as a spy because like they knew he'd eat anything so they made him eat like a message <laughs> and they'd send him <laughs> into uh send him out and uh yeah he he was not a very good spy because he could be bribed by like you know anything <laughs> mm-hmm. we'll, give, we'll give you corpses too well fuck i'll tell you everything this guy's insatiable appetite will definitely not come back to bite us <laughs> but uh yeah like the f- the french tried to study him uh to see what was wrong with him they couldn't figure it out uh and then a, a baby went missing <laughs> and then so did terrare oh oh no, no. That, that, that story sounds vaguely familiar i mean was you saying this kind of reminded you of this story of the stranger this yeah this like werewolf werewolf stories i think have that element of uh, you can't control your own hunger right mm, sure mm-hmm. you can't control your instincts you're right. not you when you're hungry Right. <laughs> uh, I I like this detail of the stranger. Like a man came to town. It's very very like Resident Evil Village. Just like mm-hmm. I guess there's people who live around here, but you don't really see them. Uh, a stranger arrived. He was like all hairy, and you couldn't you couldn't see his eyes. But he was a big bearded man, and we should have stopped him from from being a man. But he went into the woods, and we regret it now. <laughs> we should have stopped him from started- being a man. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, we should have stopped. I'm like, why? What? What would been his? What would been wrong with that? But now, because there's now there's werewolves attacks, and you got to watch out. It's probably him. Yeah, probably. And then he like leans over when she's like, "Let me tell your fortune on your hand." And he's like, "Hell yeah, dude! What's my lifeline say?" And she's like, "Oh no, you got a, a tooth pendant. I gotta flip out on you now. Sorry, dude. Sign of the werewolf. Go on, get." So, uh, so she chases him out with a broom. Aaron says nothing that entire sequence. She just keeps screaming and he just runs. <laughs> he doesn't want to be rude. It's her house. I'm going to be extreme nitpick here. He's in Bratvia, the foreign country Bratvia, <laughs> and he keeps encountering people who speak fucking English to him. Yep. And yep. have English yep. names like Ben Grantley, who we will meet shortly. <laughs> 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 I'm willing to grant that, and I pun intended, Ben Grantley yep. is a, is an American. He is the the wanderer, the stranger, right? So I'm going to grant that one, but still, sure. This old woman could have been a scholar of linguistics or okay, something. Okay, like, fine. M- maybe they get like Fox TV there on, you know what I mean? So they all like they all, they watch that '70s show. They pick up the language. Okay, and it's like a real good time. Okay, fine, fine, fair. Then Aaron's attacked by dogs. 
<laughs> the dog attack commences. <laughs> Aaron tries to hide in a tree, is bitten out of the tree by a dog. Uh, and then we have the shortest Goosebumps chapter I've ever seen. Is it? There was a couple that were like two pages long at this point. Yeah, right? this one was like two pages long, but the second page was like a quarter of a page. This one was rapid. This one had such a strange structure to it. There were many rapid fire uh, chapters, like you're saying, and there were also there was a part two. For some yeah, reason. Yeah, it's divided into yeah. two books like Brian Jakes fucking wrote yeah. this or what, some shit. What is that about? I was like, why isn't this just a chapter break? You've done this kind of passage of time before without a total Maybe it was going to be a sequel like Body Squeezers at one Maybe. point. And then they're like, yeah. I think he was just trying to fill pages, uh, honestly. I Maybe. think he was like, I can score like at least two pages by putting a book break in the middle of this thing. <laughs> I'm, kind of, I'm kind of leaning towards Chad's idea because- I think that again. I think this was an on-the-road, drug-fueled uh, rip of a of a writing session by RL, and I think he had so much manuscript that they were like, "Listen, we're going to cut this thing down. We're not editing. We're not going to make you rewrite anything because you're never going to be able to remember where your mind was at when you wrote this thing." But we're going to cut it down and we're going to break it into two parts, and that's what, and they, maybe it was two books, and then they were like, "This fucking thing makes no sense. We just need to we just need to get this thing out and forget about it." Like. He he doesn't even get to the living room until the second book. No, I know. I kept waiting. I kept waiting for it. By the way, Paul, that that drug fueled haze that RL was in was like Benadryl. Uh huh. Yeah, <laughs> he had some bad allergies, and he was yeah. yeah. So uh, human trafficking happens. Yeah. So he, after he he fights, so the dogs attack, and he in in the midst <laughs> of the attack, he remembers his amulet that he has, and how it had a and it had a. <laughs> I love how you say it, amulet. You don't like saying amulet? <laughs> Made me hungry. It's an amulet. You say it fancy. Is that you a say- Philly thing where you got amulets there all the time? I say everything else wrong except for amulet. That's it, that's correct. No, you just say you just say it fan like like it's like it's like calling it the master sword. <laughs> like <laughs> like it's, that's like what I'm doing, and you're like, no, it's the master sword. The ma- the master sword. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, yeah, it's the master sword. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, he has an amulet. His amulet, which he removes from his shirt, uh, and and uh, scares off the dogs. With he, I guess he realizes it because the lady <laughs> was scared of it, and he figures it's going to hold. Yeah, some... it's scared old ladies. Maybe it'll scare maybe dogs it'll scare as dogs well. too. <laughs> not not make them more mad and rip him apart. He realizes he has a level or two in cleric, and he casts turn dogs. <laughs> <laughs> I think the dogs were like, oh, that's the tooth of a bigger dog. And we don't want that tooth near us because that's. He could have a whole mouthful of those tooths. (laughs) (laughs) So they all run away. So they run away. And then that whole thing is over and that's done. Uh, And then he walks back into the woods and he finds his father with a man wrapped in bindings. He's got his his arms behind his back with chains and he's bound his legs together. And he's like, father. Father, why have you captured this man? And he goes, and Father says, he is a werewolf, son. I know it. <laughs> and then, how, many, how many times around the world has a child walked in on their dad mm-hmm. with a secret man in bondage <laughs> and been like, what are you doing, dad? And then the dad goes, uh, I caught a werewolf. Don't tell your mother. Did anyone else picture exactly R.L. Stein as Ben Grantley? Yes. Yes. <laughs> He's described as an accountant, a dentist, yeah. or perhaps an eye doctor. I, I very similarly, I pictured um, the character, uh, the bank stooge from uh, Steve Zissou's Life Aquatic. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. 
Sim- similar character to her. Right? Yeah. yeah. Just a very kind, portly, bald man. I really was expecting a self-burn at this point. Like, he looks like an accountant or a maybe a, chi- a child's author. You know, I was I was fully expecting that kind of self-burn. It did not happen. <laughs> Acclaimed child's author. Mm-hmm. Fun fact, that, that guy, the Banks dude, she was Harold in Harold and Mud. No way. Oh, I know. That's... Yeah, it's great. It's a wonderful, like, return to that actor's role. Oh, cool. Uh, to the screen. Great, great movie that that's I like, I like that character and Harold and Maude as well anyway Ben Grantley's here he's he's, he's being real weird about being captured <laughs> yeah <laughs> it is so strange this is where the story really like lifts off into a surreal oddness that again this could be funny this could be really hilarious I was like laughing at this entire book at the absurdity of this entire book but I think it's played straight the entire time it, it It is an excellent example of Goosebumps logic. Yes. Like, here are the things that have to happen, so they do, and we'll kind of lean on the absurdity of 90s, early 2000s America in right. order to make that happen. It's like, dad flashed a sheriff's badge, and he's an adult, so he was allowed to do human trafficking. They literally show up to the ship, so we haven't explained this. They, 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 they <laughs> capture this man in the woods. Aaron is telling him that this is not right. We cannot capture a man and take him home. <laughs> He's telling him over and over again. They take him to the frickin' stubadors, and the stubadors are like, no, 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 we can't do We can't be a privy to a human traffic. Dad flashes a sheriff's badge for some podunk jurisdiction in, in America that these two, these two uh, Bratvian, uh, Bratvian uh, stubadors do not know. And they go, yes, sir, we will listen to you now. You are a man of authority. And oh, Bill Clinton! Yes, come on in. Yeah, that's yes. sort of, yeah. They load him into the. They load him into stowage, and that's that. Forgotten about. Can I? Can I just point out? Like, I don't think at any part of this book and the story so far, the tracking of a full moon is mentioned. I, mm. I don't recall. Uh, like, like the the terms of. Oh well, this is definitely the werewolf we saw last night, and now it's we. I uh, Aaron's dad says we follow. I followed the prince back to the cabin. Uh, it's got to be him and. You're like, but are you going to wait to see if he changes again? Are you going to like, you got to wait for the lunar cycle, right? It it doesn't really come up. He has a perfect plan because he's going to take him home and he's going to show the world on the next lunar cycle that this man is a werewolf, right? That's his plan. This seems like you wait one month, you know, before you, before you put all your money into the press announcements and the marketing and the werewolf sleepy time tea which should be an energy drink yeah you tell that to the credit card companies chad all right like the the wolves are at the door for old mr fritas <laughs> he's got to pay off the debts yeah he has to take this human trafficked person out into international waters so that he can't get in trouble for having him too you, th- okay. you think he likes going to bradfia and human trafficking <laughs> no but that's right you don't want to go back what, imagine how embarrassing it would be you bring him back to america and you're like we got the wrong guy now we gotta go back to bradfia Oh. oh, that's a great point. He's got a great point there. I mean, you know what? I don't know that that dad is thinking that far ahead. Dad's actually no. Dad's thinking too far ahead because he loads yeah. him into stowage and then he spends the entire journey home talking on his cell phone, giving all his ideas to his lawyer. I think about yeah, all yeah. the different products that he's going to sell. His lawyer's not going to do any of that. <laughs> he's just a lawyer. <laughs> You, and you don't want the lawyer to do that. Lawyers are expensive. Yeah, he doesn't, like, anyone can file a freaking patent, Mr. Freitas. You could be doing that from your, you, he tells him to set up a website. Yeah. <laughs> 
I'm not paying lawyer money for someone to set up a WordPress. You just go on GeoCities and you say, I got a werewolf, come and see it, $10, and you wait for them to roll in. Yeah, the lawyer's not lowering his rate for his Dreamweaver hours that he's going to be running, you know? He's, he's, he's charging you full full fee for this. What What is RL making his lawyer do? Is my question after this whole exchange? Is, did did RL's lawyer set up this web page for him? here? I gotta I gotta read off a couple of the um yeah the please. products that that father wants to to patent. Uh, which, by the way, I had to make a note of. Uh, I don't know if, if if father knows this or not, but father, you are allowed to just make werewolf branded products without owning a werewolf. You do not have to own a werewolf to do it. It's about owning a piece of the moment, Paul. Okay, you're right. right. That's <laughs> damn. damn. <laughs> Sure. I, I, I don't see the, the business. I, I just don't see the business plan. I'm thinking about him on Shark Tank and he's standing there in front of all the sharks and he's got <laughs> he's got poor Mr. Mr. Ben Grantley like tied up in chains right next to him. He's like, welcome sharks. I have this investment. Like, And the sharks would always counter as someone who used to average watch Shark Tank. They'd be like, What's stopping me from just going out and doing this myself? Do you have a patent? What, what's have stopping a, me from going to Bratvia <laughs> and getting my own werewolf? Yeah. Yeah. Just getting my own man. It's a weak business plan, is all. I'm well, you know what it is. It's that he has he has the mental acuity to say, "Oh, I've got a werewolf. Also, werewolf running shoes, werewolf raisin squares, werewolf sleepy time tea, werewolf vitamins." He's got all kinds of stuff. He's got even a TV show that he's going to do. No cartoons, though. No cartoons. I don't. I don't yeah, deal in cartoons. What the fuck was that about? It has to be. It has to be a live action show. No cartoons. What the fuck are you doing? Goes off on cartoons for some reason. <laughs> He's like, they're not real art. They're for children. <laughs> no cartoons. Set up the website, he says. And then he hangs up on the lawyer. <laughs> and on the on the tossing black and choppy sea, Aaron's saved by Grantley on the, on the boat. In a great moment where Aaron is about to vom over the side of the boat, he slips into the water <laughs> after a big wave, but his ankles are grabbed and he's pulled back onto the boat to only see one, one Ben Grantley who has saved his life who slipped out of the chains that were too loose that he could have probably slipped out before he was loaded into stowage. I don't know, Ben, maybe walk out before you get put onto the boat that's taking you over to, to America. I don't know. No, Ben Ben sees a, a child in need of a father. Mm, and okay. so he stays <laughs> he okay. stays out of pity. He's, he, sees, okay. he sees Aaron and he's like, you know, this kid's going to have it rough. I had it rough too. Maybe I can make the world better for one person. Kevin, I wish you had written this book so that you could have yeah. at least put those motivations into it. Please, for the My love of God. My new dad, the, the accused werewolf. <laughs> It kind of it kind of ends on a on a my new dad kind of vibe. It does. What's 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 Ben's like excuse? He's just like, oh, the chains were kind of loose, so I just wiggle out. Of That's them. what instead I'm saying. Running, instead of running for my life, I were calling someone. I just kind of hung out on the boat. It's the same joke from Muppet Christmas Carol, where uh, <laughs> where they go, where they jump over the fence, and then uh, what's his name Rizzo crawls back through the thing. It's the same joke. <laughs> yeah. Except it wasn't yep. a joke on purpose. It was an accident. He didn't think this through. It's Freaking annoying. I'm sorry. I'm nitpicking, I know. I'm sorry. He puts the chains back on himself. Your dad's gonna be real mad. Pretty soon, Aaron's picking nets out of his furry wound after the sailors and his dad put Grantley back in the cage for being out of his cage, and they don't mm -hmm. thank him at all for saving. How are the sailors okay with this? <laughs> Listen, they love cops, all right? There's anything... <laughs> That's the thing I learned about this book is if you're a cop, you can do whatever the fuck you want anywhere in the yeah. world. 
Yeah. That's why Steven Seagal became a cop, so he could just go do his kung fu wherever he wanted to. Yeah, I mean, America is the world's cop, so. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. Mm-hmm. It, it, universal jurisdiction. Yep. Yep. Yeah, so so Aaron's furry wound uh, starts itching, and uh, he tries to tell his dad, and his dad's like, McWerewolf burgers, wolfie beanies. And he's like, I guess I'll... <laughs> I guess I'll keep this to myself until it's dramatically appropriate. And then he falls asleep and doesn't wake up until part two. <laughs> what was that about? I just was like, I was sitting there and I was just like, what? Why? Can you, can you, can you think of any reason why this is split into part one I and part two? I guess to show the passage of time. I don't, I yeah. don't know. Yeah. Honestly, I think it's to burn two pages. Okay. That's, all that's, I can think you of. Know, that's the only logical explanation we can have for this. So that's what we're going to operate on. They're like, we need to make it a round number or we need to make it a, a multiple of four. So the pages make sense. Yeah, it has to be a multiple of four. We need to add in. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I'm with you. <laughs> yep. yep. We'll throw two in there. So time cut. They're back in America, and the and the werewolf is in the living room, baby. Finally, title achieved. Yeah, they live in a house with no upstairs to show how poor they were in the nineties. He owns a home. <laughs> wow, so sad. <laughs> he could he could afford a home with a job of just capturing human beings around the world. Yeah, he has he has enough. Uh, enough paid vacation time that he can travel to foreign countries and hunt werewolves while being also the sheriff of this town. Yeah, meanwhile, yeah, crime is rampant in the town because mm-hmm. the sheriff is gone. In the 90s, you could have one working parent and that household could own a home. They could uh, like feed a child. Uh, they could take vacations and they could human traffic. And they, and they could human traffic and afford a uh, giant human-sized steel cages. Yeah. If Aaron's dad had been like, Hey, I'm up for re-election because you elect sheriffs, right? He's like, if I and, and if I and I'm really b- doing bad in the polls. I know this from Longmire. You do elect sheriffs, yeah. <laughs> of all things, uh, and he's like, but if I can say that I'm the sheriff that captured a werewolf, I'm going to be sheriff for the rest of my life. Like, it's a, it's a political move that would actually be more understandable than I'm going to just go into business selling werewolf merch. Yes, I made a campaign promise that I would capture a werewolf. <laughs> A goddamn werewolf or a Frankenstein monster <laughs> by by the end of the by at the end of my term. I would have loved that. I, it, please, like if if he had leaned just ten percent more into the absurdity of this situation, I would have been okay with it. <laughs> His opponent has already proven the existence of the aqueous mouse, and uh... <laughs> what is the aqueous mouse? I don't know that one. It's a uh, it's it's like a really. Like, Dumb, low-level cryptid. It's just, it's a mouse with gills, essentially. Oh. It's an amphibious oh, mouse. little guy. Okay, I never heard of it. That's cool, though. Uh, so I did some searching, and apparently the aqueous mouse, I just got that from an MC Frontalot song. Um, it's not a widely discussed, like, no one actually thinks that exists, turns out, I guess. So, sorry about that. It's not, aqueous mouse isn't like a Mothman or Bigfoot-level cryptid, so my bad. My bad. The MC Frontalot song is um, uh, a scare goat. It's scare goat, uh, which is a great one. So uh, yeah, check that out. He puts out a sign on his front yard. It's like tough on crime and cryptids. Yeah, and he's like, she's like, shit. He already got the aqueous mouse. Got got a one up him. <laughs> got a one up him. That damn comptroller already got the aqueous mouse. Now he's coming for my sheriff job. I need a humanoid real quick. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Ben's back home. He's just eating ice cream in the living room while his human trafficked uh, friend Ben Grantley watches. <laughs> you you could have done like 
a lot of funny shit with this, and it, it's just we don't do anything fun with the living room. Half I of, know of the I've title, said, like that's what I'm saying. Have playing Nintendo, have the werewolf in the cage playing Nintendo. That's an image right there. <laughs> <laughs> but again, not a werewolf, a man, a man. Yeah. Again, it's a man, and the <laughs> and the plan man. the plan is that this man will turn into a werewolf at the next full moon, and we're just biding time. Tell. <laughs> Telling the entire city that there is a human trafficked man, but don't worry, in a couple weeks, I will be proven not a criminal of human trafficking. I am a man who just captured a werewolf. I will be proven right. And everyone believes him because he's a freaking sheriff of the town and they can't say anything. Uh, they can't they can't go against him. So Aaron's annoyed. He's taking all the flack. He's getting made fun yeah. of. He's getting uh, threatened to put be put in jail for human trafficking, not his father. He's, you know, he can't take this. His his best friend, Ashley, is begging to come over to see the man who will probably be a <laughs> werewolf. She wants to bring her dog, uh, Madame Colette, uh, yeah. over to meet the big dog man. And she she sees him. Ashley wears too, man- too many layers. That's her personality. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and she sees she sees a man in a cage and she's like, oh, that makes me so sad. And she gives him a candy bar. <laughs> 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 they feed this this man Ben Grantley on candy bars. That's all he gets to eat. Where does he poop? Where does he poop? <laughs> Where does he? You poop? know he just shits in the corner of that cage. <laughs> the corner. Why didn't I think of that? Yeah, and Aaron's dad is like, I gotta harvest all that poop. That's werewolf poop. <laughs> <laughs> werewolf fertilizer. I'm selling it. <laughs> it's gonna make haunted plants. <laughs> just trying to beat Ninja Gaiden. <laughs> The next day, Ben uh, Ben's like, let me out of here. And, and for some reason, uh, Aaron's like, yeah. <laughs> Aaron up until this point has been fine, okay? In my, in my opinion, he, he has been fine. But at this moment, Aaron becomes the dumbest motherfucker in the entire world. Aaron listens to him say, let me out, says yeah. The day that he's supposed to turn into the werewolf, Aaron... If you waited 12 hours, you would have been proven out that this man was not a werewolf, and then you could have let him go. You've waited 28 days at least. You might as well have waited another another day. Oh, my God. I hate it so much. Ben's been captured for weeks now. So, like, what's another day? Patience. Have a little patience. It is sweet of Aaron to be like, you know what? It, this is the right thing to do, even though I'm doing it way late and sure. at a very suspicious time. Sure. But he's like, this is the right thing to do. Right. Uh, and you know what? It is. Yeah. This is America. You can't, you can't, <laughs> <laughs> you can't put a werewolf man in a cage in the living room in mm-hmm. America. Mm-hmm. An accused and, werewolf man. Accused. Yeah. Innocent until proven werewolf. And then uh, he goes to sleep feeling good. And then he has a dream, I guess he thinks is a dream. There's like a, there's, there's a weird, like unreliable narrator kind of thing happens where he tells us exactly what happens and how he turns into a werewolf. But then in the next chapter, he doesn't remember telling us that. Yeah, this is a great moment of uh, just logical inconsistencies in the book because he does black out when he when his werewolf powers kick in this time, but then he does not black out the next time he turns into a werewolf because, like you said, Kevin, the story requires so, right? He's a growing boy, and you know what? <laughs> <laughs> he wakes up and then he turns on the TV and the news is like, two girls were murdered by a werewolf. <laughs> yeah, two, so two, two women were maimed. Another person was also maimed, but they decide to report that one differently for some reason. This is, I think, my my new favorite line in in, oh, uh, let's in recent it. memory for a Goosebumps book. So he's uh, Aaron's like 
in in true like morning after hangover fashion he's remembering all the shit he did last night as it's coming in waves uh-huh. and i think he sees ashley on the tv or ashley calls him or something like that and she says the werewolf ate madame colette mm-hmm. and he goes i ate my best friend's dog <laughs> It's a pretty good line. I love the line, I ate my best friend. I think I would, I think that should be the title title. of the book. Yes. I ate my best friend's dog. I gotta say, Ashley is really holding it together for her dog just the night before being eaten by a werewolf. She's doing a really good job uh, with her mental state. RL does not understand the um, emotional bond between a human and anything. No, and so, any sort yeah. of pet. She could not write a character that was upset about someone dying or, or and, losing And anything. not to be nitpicky, but RL should have followed the cartoon world series of hierarchies where dog eats cat, cat eats mouse. He's like, right. It should have been... Colette should have been Ashley's cat and the werewolf ate the cat. It's a minor. And it would have fit in his theme of cat slander that he loves to put in his books, too. That would have made me sad if it was a cat. The dog didn't make you sad? (laughs) Nah. Not as much as cat. (laughs) It's not a cat, dude. (laughs) So Aaron is upset because he realizes now that he is a werewolf. uh, And he he doesn't want to murder. He does not want to be murdered. He's already eaten his best friend's dog. And he, he 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 can't handle another night. And he goes... I'm going to turn into a werewolf again tonight. I had to look it up. Uh, technically, a full moon does last a couple of days, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I always thought it was just one night was the full moon and the next. Cause, and and it, it, technically, it doesn't last. Technically, a full moon only lasts a couple of moments before the most minuscule piece of the, the full moon will disappear and it will not technically be a full moon anymore. But not only that, Paul, well, that cuts you off. I was going to say, I always thought that it should be like werewolves like a couple days after the full moon can like half ward. Right. You know? That, like, yeah, partial ward would be good. I'd be okay with that. But we don't, but but we're going to operate under the assumption that the werewolves last a couple of nights and that's what Aaron is operating under. And after he released the werewolf man uh, from his living room cage, instead of thinking, <laughs> oh, I have a perfectly good werewolf capturing cage in the living room. I'm going to lock myself in with flimsy wood in my bedroom that I easily escaped from the other night because I am the dumbest fucking kid that's ever been in a Goosebumps book. And I will. And wow. That, and that will bear itself out. Paul, I didn't even think of that. Uh, I, I don't think I had any faith in the in the object permanence of this universe at this point. Yeah. Kevin, I wanted to believe I wanted to believe that something happened to the cage. After Ben was released, and that's why he didn't use it. But the cage is used again multiple times throughout this story. I love that there's a meltdown from his dad. He he's like, "You know that you've killed people, son. Do you know that those lives are on your heart. Do you even think about what you're doing? Did you do this because because you hate this family? <laughs> you not want to see your dad succeed. He goes at extreme narcissism in this moment. Fa- yeah, father does." He, he, he all but says, if your mother was alive and saw you freeing a werewolf, she would die all over again out of shame. <laughs> so, Dad, so at this point, yeah, Dad, is, he doesn't know about his son's werewolf-ish. He still thinks Ben's the lone werewolf. Yeah, Aaron is too scared to tell his dad about his werewolfitis. Yes. Uh, so he just locks himself in his room. And uh, then he goes on a little bit of a rampage. Yeah, it just easily breaks through later that <laughs> night and runs right past the cage as he's running out of the room. Uh, yep. And is like, shit, I should have put myself in there. Fuck. And then runs out <laughs> and starts a rampage. <laughs> and and the, the cops begin to chase him. Now, again, why did he black out the last time he turned into a werewolf? And this time he didn't black out because the story needs us to be able to see that he is being chased by the police 
uh, throughout town. He uh, runs after two sixth graders that are on a, a innocent little hand-holding date. Uh, <laughs> I believe who, who I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, presuppose were uh, plants by the police officers to lure. No, I the- thought that too. I, I thought that as well. Is it like fake kids, like to catch a predator? They have like tiny adults. I think they're real children that the police put out into, into the harm into harm's way to lure to lure a werewolf. That's what I believe. Yeah, they they put they, they each put a, a note in the other one's locker to be like, "Hey, want to hold hands after after six p.m." They were like, "Oh my gosh, a hand holding day!" Oh, after, hell yes. after the streetlights go on. I'm just picturing the cop just like rubbing barbecue sauce into their hair, like you're doing it. You're saving the country, kids. You're doing it. <laughs> a small price to pay for freedom <laughs> for my sheriff's career. Cops hiding in bushes nearby with just pistols. Like we're gonna get them. We got it. We're ready. <laughs> Paul, it is kind. Of, it is kind of weird that with all the dream ballets that they didn't try and like sell the first night of werewolfness as a dream. Exactly. It just disappeared again. I. It's just. I love what you said. It's because the plot needed it. It's like. Yeah. There's literally again. If this had just been absurd, if he had leaned into the absurdity of it, because it's such a ridiculous concept, and so many of his stories are, but like. Usually he's trying to scare you, but this one, I just feel like there's nothing scary about it. It's all, except for that one shot that you guys talked about early on of the werewolf in the dark corner. That was scary. Yeah, werewolf on the edge of your bed, your werewolf. new sleep paralysis demon. That's, that's pretty good. That's a good, yeah. that's a good horror. Other than that, nothing scary. Should have been funny. And this whole sequence is hilarious. He he runs away from the police who who chase him through town. He They try to club him, which is a terrifying, that's the, a terrifying image. One of, the, one, of, <laughs> one of the police officers, one of the officer, an American officer of yes, the law, yes. red-blooded, true patriot, <laughs> <laughs> form tackles him, grabs him around the waist. Like, what, what? You're, Suplex that werewolf, dude, you're doing it. He's, he fucking wrestles a werewolf. Why? Why? And then... And then, like, yeah, he goes up on the roof, and they chase him with a helicopter, and they're shooting his guns at him, and he runs into a garage, and he's like, ah, shit, I'm gonna die, because I'm a werewolf, and mm-hmm. please change back, and he's, like, shaking in, in the uh, in the garage, and then his dad walks in, and he says, stop, he's my son! <laughs> <laughs> That's my son! I knew it was you, because you had that tooth pendant, luckily. Yeah, because he had the silly tooth around his neck. I thought I thought it would be because he was like wearing like ripped SpongeBob like pajamas <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> I and look, I'll give him credit here. He brings the pendant back for one useful thing, right? He does smart, yeah. He does use it for a useful thing in the in a book where so many pieces are laid out and then never used uh, in a in an intelligent <laughs> manner. This is one moment where he does it, and that's fine. But why did he give him the pendant in the first place? Why did the werewolf play like, hey, here's a tour, here's a souvenir? It is never explained, and that is ultimately the failing, right? Is that it never is explained why he gives him the pendant. Oh, ye of little faith. Listen, RL planned this from the beginning. He was like, all right, so the werewolf knows that uh, this kid's going to get attacked by dogs at some point. <laughs> <laughs> It's not it's not even that Aaron got bit and then there was like a, a, a tooth shard left over and then Aaron made a cool pendant out of it. That would have been be sick. like character having agency. It was the werewolf knit, like handmade an Etsy pendant and gave it to him. Yeah, it, it was more like uh, hey, welcome. Here's your lanyard for the con. Uh <laughs> <laughs> so uh they're we're heading back home, real awkward scene of dad and son. 
potential werewolf. Dad has to hold the wolves at bay on his son. He he hides in a uh, he's being chased by a freaking helicopter, and he decides the hiding in a, that hiding in a shed is going to be what gets him out of this. Yeah, and he's like, "I'm taking my son home," and the cops are like, "Kill him, murder him." They're like, they're bloodthirsty. Yeah, they're like, uh, like we got to kill that thing. And he's like, listen, not only are you not going to kill this thing. (laughs) (laughs) There's a real horror here. I'm the sheriff of this town. Which I know you want to do. I'm the sheriff of this town, and all of you are going to keep my son's secret for the rest of your lives. (laughs) Yes, yes. (laughs) And the angry mob of police violence is like, you know what? He's right. We are going to do this. They said, you know what? He has a, enough dirt on all of us that he will destroy us. So we're going to, we're not. Ah, uh, that's what it is. It's a fully corrupt cop system and, and Sheriff Dad pulls all the strings. Yeah. It's dirt all the way down. I think that scene where they pointing guns at him, Chad, is the scariest scene in this book. There are multiple yeah. guns trained upon Aaron's wolf body. And the the finger the figure is on the tr- it's it is described multiple times that the sound of a trigger uh, finger on a trigger is is being heard by Aaron. There is no trigger discipline whatsoever no. right now. No, no, <laughs> anything could happen. But like we f- we figure out somehow that another werewolf attacked somewhere else while Aaron has a alibi. Yes. Yeah, so, the news is like two more women got killed. And Aaron is absolved from eating his best friend's dog at this point. Allegedly. Allegedly. Uh, his dad takes him home and he's like, yeah, so we're going to go out. I'm giving everybody automatic rifles. With silver bullets <laughs> installed. <laughs> they have a whole load of silver bullets. But I, you know what? I would normally question that. But this man is extremely werewolf motivated. So I believe that he has boxes of silver I, bullets. I thought it was weird that the silver bullets yeah, hadn't come up earlier. Like when they went to Bratvia, I was like, he should be bringing... A revolver with silver bullets right. in there. That's his entire thing. Right. I mean, a designated marksman rifle with silver bullets makes sense. I think the autom- I think like if you throw enough bullets at something, you can stun them until someone can walk up and pop them with a silver <laughs> bullet. But you're going to waste a lot of money on silver <laughs> if you're just throwing it in like a M16. Have your sharpshooter loaded and ready to go for sure. Exactly. Mm, smart. Anyway, uh, his dad goes out again. Does his dad put him in the cage or does does Aaron put himself in the cage? Uh, he's like, I'm going to sort this out. I'm going to capture this guy. I got all my cops on the scene. Uh, they're yep. all out ready to, ha- to capture this guy. You need to stay in the in the uh, cage, right? Right. Aaron is like, fuck yeah, dad. Put me in the cage. Gets in the cage. <laughs> dad heads out to do his job. Tuck me into the cage, daddy. Tuck me in my cage, daddy. Ashley shows up and he's like, get me out of this fucking cage. I got to go. <laughs> I got a wolf. It's filled with it's filled with old man shit. Get me out of here. Dash is like, uh, all right. Well, uh, I'll get you out of this cage because you're my friend. And we have a, like a, a whole chapter where she's looking for the key, and that is supposed to be a tense scene. Then he she unlocks the cage, and Aaron is like, Ashley, get out of here! I'm transforming. <laughs> and uh, Ashley, Raru, Raru. Ashley stands at the door and says goodbye five times. Yeah. <laughs> she literally has four lines where she says goodbye. She's like, are you going to be okay? And Aaron's like, <laughs> and she's like, oh, what did you say? I'm sorry, Aaron. I didn't hear you. You were you're in mid-transformation. I just wanted He's to like, check. like, get my homework tomorrow for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then she leaves. <laughs> and that's it. Yep. There, there's no close call. It's big please leave my house so I can poop vibes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's 100%. Holy <laughs> shit. If this were an, this is a, this whole book is just an analogy for, if, it, if, the, if that was the one 
topic he was trying to get across, I think this book was a success then. <laughs> Holy shit, you're right. And she does, and he turns into a werewolf, and he runs out, and he he's he's on the prowl, right? Yeah, and we, he finds the wolf instantly, and they have a werewolf fight briefly. And um, he's like, how do I unwolf this werewolf? And he thinks back to an earlier thing where he's like, I know that you can say the real name of the werewolf, and they'll, they'll turn back. And so he tries to say Ben's name, and he just goes, rawr, 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 rawr. Yeah, They only come out as Rarus. Yeah. And again, this was not like it was said in chapter one, oh, you know, dad's talking about all the things he knows about werewolves, including the power of a real name, right. which I don't think is attached to any real werewolf lore, but maybe it Never is. heard that lore, but it's cool. Yeah, that's Mr. That's like, that's Rumpelstiltskin, or like <laughs> Mr. Mizzleplex. Yeah. We've all heard the lore of you knock three times on a werewolf's forehead, mm-hmm. and that turns- <laughs> But it just like it's so lazily to me of being like, oh yeah, of course there was a thing I knew before. I'll try it now. Ugh. Well, we've all heard that song "Knock Three Times." I'm a werewolf in the morning. <laughs> you know, it would be all right. It would here's here's a punch up for this. It would be kind of funny if he talked to a lot of people in Bratvia and they all had a different like werewolf yeah. remedy, yeah, uh-huh. and he just tries them out now. Like he talks to the That's old woman, really she's like, "Fun, knock three times. Yeah, it's easy to take care of werewolves. Just knock three times on their forehead, and they right. come back and do it." Like, everyone has, like, a werewolf remedy, and he just kind of collects them, and then he, like, tries them all piss, out. And none of them piss work. on him. I yeah. tried to piss on him. It didn't work. <laughs> Give him to piss. Uh, so the cops are, are, are close, and they're, they're shouting for werewolf blood. They're firing off their guns into the air at random. They're so horny for violence. Yep. And um, <laughs> they, they literally are firing guns off at random. It's he's like, I gotta save Ben Grantley, the most beautiful father I've ever known. And uh, he's like, but how do I save him as a werewolf? Uh, how do I do this? And he's like, I know. I'll give him my tooth necklace. That way, dad will think he's me, but I will still be me. And then my dad <laughs> will take him home and be like, I love you so much, son. You're, no one's going to hurt you ever again and then everything will be fine ben will get to go home and he won't be shot to death with guns and that's exactly what fucking happens weirdly enough is it works out perfectly there's no hitches in his plan whatsoever a lot of coherent thought from aaron wolf and while ben wolf is savage it seems yeah he doesn't black out this time for some reason i don't know what there's no logical consistency in these in these transformations he had his wheaties he's good and then we're back in the living room and the two werewolf problem is revealed to Aaron's dad. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what am I going to do? He's going to turn on one of the werewolves or he's going to like keep us. He's going to put us in prison or something like that. Like the for once in his life, uh, Sheriff Freitas is going to try and like uphold the law mm-hmm. and be like, <laughs> you can't just be a werewolf and rip shit up all night. You got to you got to do your time if you're going to do the crime. Mm. And. Aaron's like, I'm not going down for this shit. He's like, he's trying to figure out how he can still be a werewolf. Uh, and so he, he bites his dad. And now they're all werewolves and they're a family again. Now you're part of the problem too, dad. <laughs> and then they, and they, they run off into the night, all three of them, him and his two werewolf dads saying the woods will be crawling with wolves. Zero lessons learned. I kind of, I kind of like the ending. It's a good punchline. Like, how I do guess. you solve? Yeah. I guess, whatever. <laughs> I feel like RL did not give a shit with this book. I get no, in, I get no impression that he gave a shit about anything involved in the 
exists in the story of this This book. felt very lazy, yeah. for sure. Yeah, um, but I think this felt like a really like authentic RL experience in that way. Mm. Because he wasn't really straining, um, he was kind of allowed to be, I think, a little funnier than he normally gets to be. Mm-hmm. I, I don't doubt he wrote this thing in two hours there's nothing here it's not it's not amazing but it is like i don't know i i feel a weird like closeness to rl on this just because it feels so like unedited and it's like he clearly didn't care about this being good i (laughs) it's like endearing you to it (laughs) it's all it's all sunk cost fallacy it's like oh well i can't I can't change the title. Oh, well, I can't change the earlier details of this book. Oh, I just got, I just got to go. I can't look back ever. It's almost poetic in the way that he cannot turn back ever and edit himself or change anything. He just has to go. It's like a, it's like a pure art you're saying. It's like a, a pure vision that has. You're being so nice to it. You're being so nice to this book. I'm not saying it's good. I'm not saying it's good, but I, but I am saying I can't make myself hate this. I, I find myself, you know, I'm frustrated in that, like, there's a bit of a, like, the first half of this book is kind of a game of, is Ben a werewolf or not? Mm-hmm. And it sure felt like the way it's written is to give you doubt, right? That you don't yeah. see Ben transform originally. And, like, the horror of my dad maybe kidnapped an innocent man uh-huh. is way more interesting and scary than, turns out he was right. Like, it, it just kind of like, yeah, Ben was the werewolf. Huh, what do you know? Like, <laughs> I don't know why that was such a disappointing thing to be true that in a series that is all about RL loving his to the point of stupidity twists. Right. That, I I don't know. I, I don't know how you would go back to Bratvia to find out the other werewolf was someone else or what it was. That's what freaking bugged know. me about it, Chad, is that, like, I tried to make that call, right, about it being his mom or something like that. Like, that was what I thought was going to be the RL twist, where it was going to be, like, his mom, and then he finds out he's got a werewolf family, and now he's got to be, like, I don't know. There's going to be some sort of some awkwardness that he was going to have to deal with, right? But we don't even get that. It just is a straightforward story where everything you're seeing is exactly as it is, and there's no twists, no turns, and the ending isn't even trying to teach us a lesson of any sort. It's just being like, I don't know, if you fuck up, I guess just fuck everyone else up around you and just uh, and just run with it. <laughs> just go with it. I I think the version y'all were pitching in the middle part of this book of like actually owning the werewolf in the living room could have been so much more interesting. Like, go with me here. Since Ben was the werewolf anyway, and it didn't matter that he wasn't, you know, he was just an innocent man, even though he just, he doesn't match the description of what the old lady in the house said anyway, Uh there's a stranger that's referenced who's never shows up again, Um, unless that's supposed to be Ben, and Ben just like lost his hair, I I don't know. I think if I had to write a story called The Werewolf in the Living Room, yeah, I would keep this, I would keep the imagery with like the cage, the caged werewolf in the living room who's just like a guy, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think I could keep like most of these characters as strange as it seems. I think like the, the Freitas family could stay, Uh but I'd make the main character like, uh, uh, what's her name? Um, Ashley. Ashley. I make the main character Ashley and I would really play up the weirdness of going over a friend's house and and there's a caged man (laughs) in the living room. (laughs) 
and they're just like trying to watch a movie or something and he's like weeping the uh-huh. whole time uh-huh. yeah i love that. that that's so good i'm uncomfortable hanging out at your place because you have that guy in the cave well he's a he's a werewolf you know oh or, or they try to pull off like he's infectious you know he's got a rare disease it's like a bubble boy don't worry about it you're fine have some popcorn uh-huh. your dad has all these like far-right ideas and there's a caged man <laughs> in his in his living room well, he's from, he's not American. The, the guy in the, the case, he's not American. He's from a foreign country. We human trafficked him here because <laughs> we suspect he may be a werewolf and we're trying to get rich off of that. And he's not a real human. He doesn't have full rights. So yeah, it's totally okay. He doesn't okay. have a birth certificate, so he's not real. <laughs> um, What's going on in the story is crazy, but I think we're too close to Aaron for it, for it to have any effect. If we, we had a more outside perspective on this it could be truly horrifying to just see a family to whom all of this is normal mm-hmm. i i love that kevin i just just to pitch an all if you had to make it about aaron being the protagonist mm-hmm. okay you you start this in part one of this book the only goosebumps book we know of that has a part one and part two mm-hmm. yep. in the same book like you have aaron and his dad know that ben is the werewolf like they follow him back home they see him de-warg like you hell, you even connected to werewolf skin. I know there was kind of a mention of it. Where like, yep. I wanted the goose by way aside. No, I wanted the goosebumps lore to stay consistent. We're like, yeah, like in werewolf skin, it's a like a suit you put on or I don't know. That's that's probably not. Ignore that note. But <laughs> instead, they're like, we captured him and we're taking him back to America. Aaron knows it's a werewolf, but like now you have this sort of situation of now Aaron's dad is going off to like contact the press and he's got to do a sheriff job and he's doing all these sort of things. And Aaron is finding himself uh, endeared to Ben as they live in the living room together. Right. Mm-hmm. Like keep an eye on him. He's our captive. Mm-hmm. And Ben's just like, I don't know, being a second dad to him. And he's kind of saying things like, I didn't want to be a werewolf. And like, do you know what they'll do to me? And, like, I don't know, it's almost like Splice or something of, like, I am being turned into an ally of this monster uh-huh. for for danger. Just, like, just lean into it as opposed to, I don't know, Aaron Aaron just going out and rip, ripping stuff should be fun, but it was frustrating. It was not fun. Again, I think you can keep this story almost exactly as is if you just ramp up the absurdity of it a little bit and try to make it be a funny story as opposed to trying to make it be a scary story. Yeah, but... I don't know. We've had a lot of uh, Goosebumps 2000 in the in the later sectors of Goosebumps 2000. We've had a lot of them that really break away from horror. Mm-hmm. And yet we've never seen RL truly embrace comedy. No. <laughs> or maybe maybe we have. <laughs> the most the most of the comedy was the really lazy jokes of the werewolf merchandise, which which needed another pass, honestly. Uh-huh. And- There's no such thing as passes in the in this. It's it's all <laughs> this is the pass. Yeah, and like the reason the lists exist is because you can do a full fucking carriage return after every item. <laughs> I love really that it all comes down to page real estate, Kevin. Yeah, shit. Isn't that like old pulp writers though? Like you know the the, the famous authors of the early day, uh, you know the early 1900s, and were like. They get paid by word, right? But RL isn't like, paid by the word. He's paid by the book. And by I know. and the more books he can pump out, the better. Yeah. <laughs> that fills daddy's coffers. <laughs> the book fair is coming up again. They need another goosebumps. Okay. All right. <laughs> what if they what if they captured a man? What if they human trafficked? <laughs> RL, this is maybe your like seventh or eighth book about human trafficking. <laughs> 
<laughs> is there something you want to tell us, Ariel? Don't go in my basement. Huh? Uh, like that book title, Don't Go In My Basement. Ah, uh, you old scamp. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very actually stoked to see what Horrors of the Black Ring is. I'm looking I at that cover. So... It looks cool. You know, it's a good Goosebumps book when we're talking about uh, how much we wish we were on the next one. <laughs> <laughs> We could finish Goosebumps 2000 this year. That's wild. I think it's very possible. We are at book 17, and there are 25 total, uh, with 26 and 27 never being fully released. Yep. So, yeah, uh, I think we'll keep going through there. We'll also, I, I know we want to like do some, some visiting some other books, do some Fear Streets. Uh, yeah. But we're going to decide in 2023. Are we going into the next kind of, you know, chronological goosebump series? Are we jumping into something else? What would be a great way to tell all of us what we should do Mm. and help guide our hands? I have an idea, Chad. Yeah, Kevin, tell me. Well, you could easily pledge as little as a dollar to the Goosebumps Patreon at patreon.com slash goosebuds. Fuck, I think I fucked that up somewhere. Go to our Goosebuds (laughs) Patreon. Do it. Do it. It's good. You can join our Discord. You can tell us the things you think and feel and believe in your heart. <laughs> you can vote. You can be. You can witness democracy, internet democracy in action. Yeah. You can tell us about Michigan Chillers. I think we found out about Michigan Chillers from our, our I think uh, we did. Patreon community. Yeah. Tell us about the yeah. weird shit you think we should read and we'll look at it. We'll at least Google yeah. it. Michigan Chillers was fun. We should read another one of those. I actually would love to. I would love to do that. But yeah, you can give us money and, you know, that mostly it just kind of, you know, helps us eat food and live with a roof over our heads. But, you know, you also get some stuff like democracy. And And that's all right. That's all right. You get friendship. (laughs) Friendship, community. Ben was really lucky he got brought to our American country with democracy and and freedoms that he didn't have and brought via and put in a cage. Initially, Ben was just jealous of our freedom, but then we gave some to him, and now he's really happy. <laughs> now he's now he's having a great time. Mm-hmm. Speaking of werewolf <laughs> merchandise, you could buy some Goosebuds merchandise over at Goosebuds.store. What a hell of a segue, Kevin. Yeah, we got we got uh, new stuff added in the last couple of months. Uh, some of you all took advantage of our winter holiday sale. Thank you very much. And uh if you can if you're if you're wearing any of that send us a cool pic like post it on social media we want to see it yeah show the shirt shirt it up uh i think that's an episode of goosebuds y'all i think we butted yeah yeah i think that's about it all right well, i'm looking forward to 2023 with you guys and uh we're gonna see how fucking weird it gets yeah let's uh let's get some horrors of the black ring into our bodies put that ring on it all right until next time guys bye 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 This episode of Goosebuds was brought to you by our wonderful Patreon supporters. We'd like to thank everybody written in the Book of Names. The Book of Names. Starting with Stefan Jive Turkey Kuwabara. Hollis Hornby, pledge your blade to me. (laughs) Low belly hate me, pledge your blade if you want to. Cameron Murphy Audio can pledge his blade to whoever he wants. Maybe it's Kevin, I don't know. I am a steel-fisted tyrant, and Michael McDowell will pledge their blade to me and me alone. Hey, Josh Robb, do whatever you want to do, man. 
Hey, like you say, pledge your blade, Kevin. <laughs> now that now that Paul's taking a hardline stance, I really need to start recruiting. So, I will now stop telling everyone to pledge their blades to me. But understand that this goes with the implication that you must pledge your blade to me, Nathan Dolezal. And hey, you know what? I'm playing both sides. I'm gonna t- come out on top, regardless of whoever wins this war. And you know who's gonna do that with me is Kelly C. This is really gonna impact the amount of like <laughs> riffing we do later on in the in the book mm-hmm. and game. So we're all front loading mm-hmm. at this time. All right, mm-hmm. my, uh, Mike Lanceri, <laughs> Buddy Moral, Allocade, Mel Dipson, Afshin, Danky McStanky, Dango Twist, Brian Wells. Happy holidays from Zentacles to all of the Goose Buddies. Thanks. Thank you, Stealth Bates, Robert Moon, Jason Crooker, Clay Castle, Miguel Pardo, John Keaty, Calf. New Paranoia Shop about quicksand out now. Adrian Rosas. Gregory D. Warren. Alan Saylor. Cody Redfield. Bradford Coulter. Aiden Alexander Dice. Jar Jar Slinks. Chosen one. Levithon. Up and Champ. Jonas Engman. Carl. Anthony Mulberry. The John D. and Catherine T. MacArthur Foundation. Elusive Koala. Yanni Markovina. Brooke X. Jesus Christ. Christian Vanskiva. Drew Applegate. Jeremy Lowe. Brian Hobgood. Zach Connor. Patreon underscore donator, comma yo. Joe. Spooky Digital Ghost. Tierney. Alicia Grafe. Tom Whittem. Andrew Jadsack politely wants to help Chad realize the guy from Incubus did not invent pinky finger volume knob swells on guitar. Prove it. <laughs> <laughs> and his name is Mike Isinger. I'm pretty sure that technique was invented by Lord Cornwallis. Nice! <laughs> no nice. one's ever touched the volume knob before. <laughs> uh, I do believe that Carson Burke and Bean, uh, when they were in uh, the band that is better than Incubus that I shall not name, uh, that they invented <laughs> that technique in there. I won't say the name of the band because it would make Chad sad. I'm going to go listen to my favorite album by Incubus. It's called Murph EP. <laughs> Tevin Ticklebean pledges his bow and dual sickles to Chad and two hundred of his best friends. Tevin Ticklebean, you, 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 Kevin, rhyming name traitor. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got a whole little army now. We're gonna, we're now a third faction. Welcome to Fire Emblem. War of the Three Houses. Sean Minogue, do not disappoint me now that the first bow has been pledged. Rushy Glad, wiggle it. Luke LaFountain. Jonas Blotterman. Chip Hansen. Matt McClellan. Sarah Kemp. Tanya Turtle. Paul Grasso. Joe, regular name, Scott. Juan Jalapena. Alex Moon, the robotic dog. Keith Halcrow. Timothy Misadoulakis. Clay McCarty. Parker Lee. Vincent Modica. Luke Knoodles. Ham underscore boat. Hugh Bolin. Zambambino. Raymond Hernandez. Flemily. The Crow Fens, but Hibernal. Nice word. Nice freaking word. Matthew Sutton. Jeffrey. Owen. Kahi. Kelsey. Kinnaman. Russell Casper. Xavier Jimenez. Brandon Arafin. Chris Petricus. Scotty Pippen. Streak. Meet. Virginia. Nathan Remick. Need more kimchi. Dungeon Kappa. MC <laughs> Hamster got stuck in quicksand and couldn't update his name. That's, that'd be a very small amount of quicksand, I imagine. <laughs> oh, that's adorable. <laughs> Get him out of there. <laughs> <laughs> Zach Ware. Limp Duck. Stinklitch. Reed Steubendike. Joey Evans. Tobias Clark. Carewise Gamgee. Are you ready, ready, ready for the Saturday night swag down at the Los Angeles YOLO Center? Ticket pays for the whole seat, but... <gasps> what? But what? what? Cameron Hansen. Andre Villanueva. Generally depressing. 
the deadly bulb. Estamina, Lord of Paul's pants, you're a part of my blade fold. You're in it. <laughs> <laughs> ben Bohan. Chris. Return of the ghostly pajama boner, Nelson. It's back. Hit it down. Make it go away. <laughs> you can't hit it down. It just makes it stronger. <laughs> Merry Chuchmas to all, and to all a good fight with the Torment Golem. Ah, Merry Chuchmas. Kieran McNamara. Diet Soda. Jackie Ledoux. Coleman Laguza. Lamb. <laughs> Jonas Enemolson. <laughs> I will not acknowledge the exclamation point. <laughs> I just wanted a gentler lamb this time. <laughs> Clamity Carl. Germ Juice. Nick Johnson. A pair of Scots. Levi Kidder. David Gray. Stephen Day. Bryce Deary. Matthew Brittato. Noah August. Carbson. I am Cornholio. I need teepee for my bunghole. Beautiful. Ryan Carroll. Jeremy Bowser. Bony. Dr. Diarrhea. Some of Chad's bird friends Woo! who pledge our talons and sharpened beaks to Chad. What the hell? Why is... I acting like I wanted it. I got all the armies. <laughs> oh I my got air God. superiority, motherfuckers. Bob started to worry about uh, the numbers game. The pledges are not coming in. <laughs> what? Okay, I need everybody in here to look to your left and to your right, check out your name, neighbor, and get them to pledge their blades to me. That includes Nicholas Maloney. Ninja Breadman. Burgers, icy church, the frost be upon thee, and with <laughs> thy spirit. Thank you the faith. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you, blessed, blessed uh, frost, tease thee. I'm making, a, I'm making a, the sign of the snowflake with my with my hand. Yeah, dude, it's May cool. Make your butt be cold. It's cool. It's like a gang <laughs> sign, but it's cold as ice. Yeah. Megan McCormick Mason Pledge. <laughs> Peanutburg level 69. Heloticus Frenchlin. I love that. Aaron Lord. Eric Horwitz. Tiffany Lee. Dr. Chocula. Dr. Eggdrop Soupman. Thomas Jancis. Lucretia McEvil. Mutant Astronaut. Henry Torbert. Moon Juice. Adam Knapp. SSJ Trogdor. Hood Lemon. Logan Derby. Brad Schmelzer. Chick. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Misfire. Mandy Nasty. Llama Lad. Skeletorin. Mike. Spaghetti Jones. Yoplin. Jesse Hammock. Philip Reynolds. Chicago Frank returns. Nate Bit G. R.R. Davis-Crafts, Rye Animator. Scott Wable. Dr. Mr. Unimportant suspects that it's all connected. The monkeys are trapped in quicksand to keep them from finishing the new... Again! The fin finishing the new Pledge of Blades to Paul. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Chris. Rocco! Nice. Josh Howell. Danzig versus Sean Aston. The battle for Polly Shore's soul begins now. <laughs> now. Now it begins. Oh, it begins now. I don't want it. Evan Bowen. Soggy Newspapers. Chris Kulik. Dakota Camp. John W. Greg Musto. Saturn Video. Kiwi of Lerve. Serial Killer X. Hi, first time, long time. Allie Rose. Sprinkle Buns. Benjamin Luther. Hilda B. Cyrus In. Dennis Wright. Jover the Moon. Edgar's Cratchit. Cameron Ganseveld. Ollie Sets. Kate the Great. Mike Hart. Vasivi. Matt Septor. Greg Gervasi, a.k.a. Vita Zen. Dakota Kipper. Kevin's Tool of Heaven Kills Seven tonight at 11. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Did I read poetry? <laughs> yeah, that was good. That was a little, little death limerick. Anthony Rodriguez. B. Cassandra Harris. Gulliver. Jeff Webb is still a big baby, but we both sincerely appreciate your well wishes. Alpaca Acquaintance. Taraku, the thing that goes doink in the anime. 
That last name was my favorite. It's true. Soap! Big Nick Lane. Kira and Brian are big fans. Spencer, why? My goblin, my greater, and me. And me. <laughs> and me. <laughs> Blake, bad time having Kevin. James Stavernos. I, I gotta say, if you have a name that we mispronounce, making it have a rhyme in your name is great, like Blake just did. I just thought about how yep. cool that was. Good job, Kevin. Yep. That's a good idea. Yep. Dan Antonio! Droman. George Props. <gasps> I pledge <gasps> my blade to dread Lord Kevin. Thank you. <laughs> As he shouts out from the battle bits, thank you. Yeah, no, I'm just, it's, I I hope it's enough. Chris, insert creative (laughs) name here, buyers. CM. Farrah Tildy. Greb Comics. Chris Curto. Cole Gleason. Yes. Stinko the Clown pledges his blade to Paul. Yes, I got a clown. Damn it. (laughs) Your morale is going to be great in your army. <laughs> Tan your hide. <laughs> Matthew Pipes. Jesse Boggs. Michael Malloy. Which night run? Udo's. Kyle O'Neill. <laughs> Robert Holden. Goon Cahoots. Brandon Nichols. Angelo Edward Longton Santone. Smelodies. And now, welcome to the Book of Names. New name neighbor, Adam Brunel. <laughs> Who will they pledge for? <laughs> Moving in next door, Wonderskin. Moving in down the lane is f- funny. <laughs> <laughs> Parachuting into your backyard is Gunner Toland. And head of the HOA is Brody Danza. <laughs> Welcome to the Book of Names. You're here forever. I mean, you can leave whenever you want, no, but you're here forever. But if you pledge, you're stuck here forever and you'll fight in our war eternally. We love you all. Thank you. Thanks. Pledge blades. Pledge more blades. Pledge them blades. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Blades. Flypaper. The work of the people. Owned by the people. Supported by the people. Visit flypaper.fm. Hi, hello. Thank you for uh, listening all the way to the end. I forgot to say this during the episode, but uh, I'm doing a game jam this year. And it starts February 1st, uh, and it's called the Super Try Grab Bag Jam. Uh, it's it's going to go on for two months. If you want, you can show up. You can make a game for it, or you can just make art for it. Uh, I'm not. I'm not putting a, a game restriction on it. Just anything you want to make. Uh, uh, good, goodbye. Uh, oh yeah, you can check out the jam at um, jam.supertrystudios.com. That was that's an important bit of information to to, to know. So yeah. Uh, okay. Bye for real.